This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world, and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Suffering stuck with me tonight is both Mick Bridge and Mr. Hickey, lady and gentleman. How are we? We good. <laughs> you already look like you're about to lose it. <laughs> me? <laughs> yeah. I know. It's been a long day. and Well, it's about to get a little bit longer here. That's what she um, said. <laughs> What are we in? Well, 31 seconds. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. That should be a drinking game of some kind. It yeah. really should be. On a- when Shannon when Shannon joins, if if that phrase is uttered by anybody, start drinking. Let's do it. Finish your drink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off the episode in our usual manner. Yes. All right. You guys ready for this? No. Uh, we try not to get too political on this podcast, and you could say right now that the country is hasn't been this divided in a long time and there are some topics that we can discuss and some topics that are off limits and I think we I think we ought to stray into the off limit topics uh, for this episode so for you guys today my question to you again not trying to get canceled or anything oh, but shit. what is your guys's view on candy corn uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like where I did not sign up for this where is he yeah, I was I was like, uh, do I should I start taking notes for editing? Uh, what the do I need to pay attention? to? Answer is the only answer, and it belongs in the garbage. I personally enjoy candy corn very much. Oh, so. boo. personally, do not have taste buds. There's no way you can enjoy candy corn. I think you're lying. I think you're doing it just because everybody says that you can't, and so now you're trying to prove a point. But you, it's really disgusting when you eat it. I this this weekend. At the track, I am going to eat a bag of candy corn Ew. in the media center. Ew. I won't sit by well, you. Well, I think it would have been boring <laughs> if if us three just dunked on it. So I'm glad that you at least have a differing opinion. I, I hate candy corn. I knew, it is the I knew most you would hate disgusting candy corn. thing ever invented. And yeah, I, if I ever see you eating candy corn in front of me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confiscate it from you. Please so, throw yep. it directly in the trash. Just be like... Bam, dropped. He's going to pay me back by throwing pennies on the ground, so I have to pick them up. <laughs> but that's good luck. Exactly. Find a penny, pick it up. No, I'm not going to throw pennies on the ground. Luck. I'm going to throw pennies at you. Either way. Since you mentioned it, why don't you uh, dive into what you guys will be doing this weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Yeah, I'm so excited to head back out. I fly out Thursday. So Friday, there's actually an IndyCar test, and then Saturday and Sunday is Chris, Chris Griffith's test. So it's USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, Indy Lights, prospective drivers for next year, some testing. You'll see Friday, so uh, David Malukas, Linus Lundquist, Linus Lundquist, sorry, and Kyle Kirkwood. 
will be testing an IndyCar. So, you know, that's also pretty cool. I don't know if anybody else is testing yet, but I think it's just those three. We just got and that's their, that's their that's their prize, I believe, for being top three in the championship this year. So at first I was a little confused when I saw Malukas testing for Team Penske, but I think it's I think it's just a matter of hey, you got this IndyCar test and Roger Penske owns a series. That's my guess. I could be wrong, but so yeah, Friday, you know, plenty of content this weekend. Some HMD motorsports interviews will be coming out and other interviews and who knows. I got a question. Yes, ma'am. Kirkwood just keeps testing the 26th, right? Like that's just what keeps happening. He hasn't tested for anybody else. Correct. And are we are we reading into this? Are you are you asking me if I'm reading into it? I or mean, are you I'm just not, ins- not asking you? Okay. Okay. Why don't we let Mac go first there? We actually talked about this on the IndyCar podcast uh, about Colton Herta's future in IndyCar and what's going to happen with Formula One. And I think what my guess is at this point is we can't rule out that he might only be part-time next year if he does need to gather super license points, if he does need to do uh, several FP1 sessions and immerse himself into the Formula One culture could see him stepping away for a portion of the season next year and Kirkwood filling those seats for that time. That's a good answer. I, I'm having trouble refuting it. So you think Kyle will only go part-time for next year? Correct. I think no matter what, even if Herta stays full-time, Kirkwood's either going to be part-time or Formula E or Extreme E or some other nonsense. Are we still on the uh, DeFrancesco train that's going to take 29? Yes. I don't see I don't see that changing. And I will say his times from Barber looked pretty good, which we I'm can segue it. Yeah, we can segue that into the test at Barber. So Nico Hulkenberg was in the McLaren car. So that was really cool to see. Um, Lucas was with Coin. Who else did we have? Hunter Ray was with Carpenter. Kirkwood with Andretti. DeFantresco with Andretti. And Lucas led the times on the day, which was quite impressive. But I think DeFrancesco was two or three tenths faster than Kirkwood. So you can go ahead and chalk that into the way too early analysis bank. But um, I think if you guys have any general thoughts about the test, was it surprising that Hulkenberg was there? Was your, were you surprised that Malukas was fastest? You guys can take that any direction you want. I'm not surprised that David was quick. I mean, I think that he's talented, so I'm not surprised. And he, I read that interview that he did, or the write-up, or whatever it was, I think it was on Racer, that <clears throat> Indy cars are actually easier to drive than lights cars. Um, so, you know, if you're good in a lights car, theoretically, you'll at least do well in a testing session, right? Like, you're not, that's not competition by any means of the stretch, so... I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not surprised by that. I wouldn't hate to see Nico in IndyCar, as long as he's not a diva. Because I kind of heard he was a diva. Yeah, I've I've read lie. that multiple places <laughs> online in the last three days. We have some divas in IndyCar. I mean, do we though? Like, not really. Elio, Ed. Not, Ed is not a diva. Listen, if Ed if Ed didn't own an IndyCar team, I feel like he'd be like some carpenter somewhere. Okay, that was stupid. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, no. oh, Shannon. Oh, Shannon. That was so unintentional. 
Wow. But like, That's like a riding a bike thing gonna, all over Like, go work at Lowe's. Like, he's so, he's not a diva by any means. I mean, if you're going to talk diva, like, Alexander Rossi is diva. If you're going to be a diva. Mm. No, I don't think, I don't think Alex Rossi is a diva. I think he's. I don't think any of them are divas. I'm just saying if you have to pick one. Anyways, we're snowballing. Yeah. Um, you started it. You did. <laughs> But what I thought was pretty interesting was comparing. Now, granted, like Shannon said, it's just testing. So Malukas ran a 1063, and Devlin was a 1067, which would have put them between 10th and 15th if we looked at practice times from Barber back in April. Now, I don't, you know, weather is different. There's, there's a, a ton of variables, but. Their times are all very competitive. Even Hulkenberg was a 107.4, so that would have put him. That would have put him where Dalton Kellett and Max Chilton were, and still faster than Jamie Johnson. So you know that's not that's not a bad place to start, considering he's never driven anything like an Indy car before without power steering. Yeah, and Van. Do we know where Van Dorn is testing? Because Stoffel Van Dorn is that on Friday or? Stoffel Van Dorn is also going to be testing with McLaren, so that's cool. It I sounds like this third. Okay, so but it sounds like this third car is gaining traction at least. They seem pretty serious about attempting to do it. I feel like they won't do a third car unless they're a hundred percent satisfied with the driver. Like I don't think that they will run a third car to f- and find a driver. Like if they find a driver, then they'll run a third car. Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, Van Dorn does not have a testing location listed on any of the press releases, so I, it's hard to. I guess it's not going to be Friday because I feel like we would, you know, by Tuesday night we'd probably know that. They put out their media release for the testing today, so yeah. at four thirty, and that was after that announcement. Yeah. Do you guys think this story about Junkos Hollinger and Carlin teaming up probably a good idea, right? I mean. It's not a bad idea to. I mean, it's all. I feel like it's it. It could be a way for Yunkos to get that second car they want and Carlin name to stay in the series, or it could be a way for Trevor Carlin to go. You know what? I want to slowly get out of the series and you know maybe have assets for another year. And if it doesn't work, then I've already agreed to you know Yunkos and and Hollinger to sell something something on those lines so it's not a it's not a bad thing to have extra resources i mean shit the yugos crew at laguna had like seven members when they were fixing ilot's car before the race so your favorite fact to share yes literally the only fact from laguna i remember at this at this point and that was only a month god was that only a month ago five weeks ago god damn uh, the two slowest teams together <laughs> is going to make a con- a giant, right? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, like, do you put well, two slow teams that... together and get a medium team? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think we need to make sure we we need to look at the Wikipedia table for this. If like a big team and a small team merge, what does <laughs> what that does equal? that give you? <laughs> like, would uh, well, let let me ask you this, just for for fun, would they be better than Foyt? You could start a team and be better than Foyt. Oh, thank you. Oh, I mean, I I don't know if I take that as a compliment, but we don't. We still don't have drivers for them yet, right? Foyt, Carlin, and well, Yunko says 
I lot, but then Foyt and Carlin don't have anybody. So they haven't confirmed, confirmed their point. drivers yet. I mean, I don't have a good answer for this. I don't think that it will be beneficial to either of them. Be- but could it hurt them? No, I don't think it'll hurt them because it is more resources. Like I feel like you can't go wrong with more resources. But I don't know that you'll go right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that still depends on you know actually on executing your actual resources and how yeah. you handle them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Penske's going down to three cars, which I think we kind of knew slash expected. Sebastian Bourdais is going to Ganassi IMSA and still plans to hopefully run Foyt part time, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. Christian Lungard went to the uh, was it the thirty thirty. I'm getting all confused here with Harvey going to the 45. Christian Lungard to the 30 car. Ray Hall Letterman full-time. So he was picked over Ferrucci and a couple others that were mentioned. So he'll be full-time, including ovals. What do you guys think of the decision to pick Lungard over Ferrucci? I think it was... Keeping in mind that Ferrucci sponsors the podcast. Does he? (laughs) No, but don't tell the back pages of Reddit that. Um... I think that is probably purely financial. I assume Lungard comes with a lot of money. So I think, well, were you gonna, were you going to talk about Bobby Rahal's press conference? Yeah, he, you know, what, I think it was when Harvey got announced. He said the thirty ride is fully funded, so we're just looking for the best driver. So is Alpine, and I think Hickey might have said this. I don't remember if it was on an episode or if it was like when we were just chatting about like now does the Alpine money just now he's just got like tons of extra money i'm not saying like Longard is not talented because he did impress in his debut did. with did with a car that had four wheels and an engine but oh, uh, <laughs> rent free it really it really is just living there paying <laughs> gosh i knew i could get a reaction from that one well if you have all of that rent in your head you might as well get some home insurance from jake neely from indiana farm bureau wow what a segue that was fantastic I like that. <laughs> Contact Jake Neely or tell him that PLP sent you. If you need his info, just message us on Twitter at Pit Lane Parlay. We can send him your way. Uh, for all of you Indiana and Ohio residents who need insurance, go through Jake Neely. Bam. Bam. Anyways, you continue. You think Lungard's going to be pretty good, though? I think that he has talent, and I think given some time and not just be thrown into a car on race weekend, um, I think he'll be successful. I don't know that he's top 10 yet, but I think that he'll run in the top 10. I don't know that he'll finish in the top 10. I think he's in a good spot to have the chance to succeed in his rookie year. So, I mean, that's all you can really ask for coming into your rookie season. And you know, he got a little taste of action already. So, yeah, I think he's he's got a chance for the occasional top 10 finish, kind of like Shannon said. I'd say at this point, for me, he's definitely the rookie of the year favorite for sure, over DeFrancesco and a part-time Kirkwood and a part-time McLaren, Hulkenberg, slash Van Dorn, and Eilat. I'm looking for my list here. Somebody online, uh, at Indy Nathan, the 2022 IndyCar rookie class could include Kirkwood, like you mentioned, Malukas, Eilat, Lungard, DeFrancesco, potentially Hulkenberg or Van Dorn or something, so... That's a pretty stacked rookie class. Now, granted, Kirkwood might be part-time, and Hulkenberg or Van Dorn or 
XYZ of that car, maybe not great. The 29 car for DiFrancesco hasn't been great in a long time, but years yeah i mean it's still you know that's some that's some pretty good talent coming up all around and it's i think it's the combination of Lungard's full-time and ray hall is the most even team of the teams you've just mentioned i really really hope ray hall just like finds whatever it is they need and just like come in and kick some major ass next year I just I would want to see I would do love it. to see them take it to it like because I in my opinion they were more well rounded than Andretti this season. A thousand percent. I think if you take Herta out of the equation, Andretti was probably bad. What the fourth <laughs> worst team in the series? I mean, they weren't great. No. So yeah, I hope I hope Ray Hall just finds a way to at least win a couple races and and show because without a win or two, it's really hard to say that you're should be in the big three big four conversation yeah but his lineup just coming up i mean i just i don't know i mean jack said in his interview release somewhere you know that he qualifies well but then in race setup they were having really hard time and then graham doesn't qualify well but races well and so if they can merge those two things it's dangerous it is dangerous and i think that they'll get along well i think that they both um don't give up and so it'll be I'm glad they set aside their their argument from what was at Texas that everybody made way too much of a big deal out of early in the year. Well, it was early in the season. We needed drama. Yeah, fair. Well, that was my my take on that, if I remember correctly, was Graham Rahal answered a question honestly after being asked a question, and people got mad at him for it. People get mad at Graham for being honest all the time. It's like, what is he supposed to do, not answer the question that was asked of him? I don't think Graham Rahal's as whiny, at least the last two or three years I, he's definitely gotten way better i think early on yeah maybe when he was like 20 yeah could give the snobby answer here and there but like he's 20 like with 20 year olds really not gonna never like found that. him to be snobby ever i feel like he is real focused and so he doesn't come across as very like overly friendly but i don't ever i've never encountered graham and thought that he was snobby you heard it here folks graham ray hall not snobby He's not snobby. Uh, Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent was set to test for Foyt at Barber on Monday, but that test got canceled, and we now know why. Logan Sargent is now in the Driver Academy for Williams. So uh, he is going that route. However, I would definitely not. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. 
they were able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Exclude him from potential thoughts on being in an IndyCar seat at some point in the near future. Uh, so that might be the first time in well that I can remember that somebody has been scheduled for a test and then unscheduled for a test, like in the span of forty-eight hours almost. We actually got that news on air, and then two days by the time the episode came out last week, it was no longer news. Should we talk about the Boston Grand Prix failure? Yes. That can was can we talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so John Casey, this is a story that never goes away and probably will never go away. Something in a year when they like audit the books or something's going to come out and then we have a whole nother chunk of stories. So John Casey, who I believe was the CEO of the Boston Grand Prix, the failed IndyCar finale on Labor Day in 2015. Uh, was he indicted, arrested? in trouble all of the above um <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, he's been in forced to walk no, through the streets he pled guilty bell behind yeah. him yeah he pled guilty he pled guilty so he pled guilty to all sorts of illegal things the, I, the point that i'm trying to get here what i read in the article that i thought was hilarious is that he i think he somehow embezzled funds for the from the boston grand prix and used them on things like a matched out com subscription and a ring <laughs> now this dude is like shooting his own shot like he's like i got this match.com profile i know i'm gonna find the love of my life immediately so i need to have a ring just in case wait, wait, wait. how do you know that he didn't actually find the love of his life and then go buy the ring what if it was like a two-day search because my reddit mind thinks that this all happened within 24 hours okay and oh so you, oh so you're saying he found like he just proposed within 24 that's, hours. that's risky it is but it wouldn't be out of line for the ceo of the boston grand prix since we I know mean, how well that yeah, worked see i feel like maybe that's what he did he like signed up for match met his first match decided that that was the one went and bought a ring the next morning so i have a question and <laughs> probably none of us are going to know the answer to this but so it, it got listed in all this stuff that Match.com was one of the things he spent money on. How much is a membership to Match.com that it made the news? Well, just look it up. Hold on. I'll Google it. Yeah. I don't, that, see, that I don't would pay look, for dating sites. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first thing that pops up is free trial. Well, uh, Three-month access plan is twenty nine ninety nine a month. Shit, Good God. On that. Like, I couldn't even type it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's those gen it's that gen z google skill Dang. well there's a there's an article here eHarmony versus match.com should we send it to this guy wait 30 dollars a month to online <laughs> date For the first three months and then what <laughs> so if you do if you decide to opt for a six month plan which this guy definitely wasn't doing it is 22.99 a month oh it's still too much it is yes. a lot of matching Oh, but there's the premium plans, Whoa. three months for thirty four ninety nine. Whoa! For the first three months, I need to figure out what premium gets you. Premium <laughs> gets you the ring. <laughs> <laughs> premium gets Is you match. dot com worth the cost in 
24 hours. What's the premium match plan with a few extra bells and whistles? The premium match plan gives you access to a yearly review of your profiles from match.com staff, a monthly boost that can push your views way up, and email red notifications so you never miss a message. Just for the record, at this point, we might as well just read them a commercial at this point. Yeah. Are they sponsoring this episode and I forgot? <laughs> yeah. What? We should move on to talk about racing because people are going to get very bored in this episode. No, no, no. Hang on a second. Okay. These oh, buttons Lord. here for free Please. trial are green. So thank you so much to Stream Evergreen for sponsoring our <laughs> podcast and hosting us. We really appreciate that. I don't see any info for Stream Evergreen podcasts on this Match.com review article, which is kind of a shame. So I'm going to email the editor, Jason Lee. What is happening? We have gone off the rails. You earned a Bachelor of Science from the University of Florida. What the hell? Oh, man. It's always a bad day to be a Florida Gator. That's fair. <sighs> well played. Wow. This, Speaking this of Gators, when is St. Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I thought you were about to make a green joke. No, I'm trying to move Gators away are here. Green. Well, no, what else is green? Stream evergreen. <laughs> Don Cusick wants to be an IndyCar full-time. He did the Indy 500 effort with Andretti Autosport and Stefan Wilson this year. It's weird. He's the first person who is not a French motorsports journalist lingering in Laguna Seca to really say anything about Toyota and IndyCar. Did I miss this? But I don't know if we're just like reading too much into that or if he actually knows something. I I missed whatever he said, so please enlighten me. Why don't you guys talk about what you think of Don Cusick to IndyCar first while I look that up? Okay. Well, I think it's very exciting, especially if it brings Stefan Wilson into the fold, but he seems like he has a good business plan, some some good partners, which you know some teams don't really come into the fold with, so he's got that side of it down. I I don't see anything bad with it. Bad with it. He seems like a nice guy. I don't know if Shannon knows anything different about Don, but I don't know anything different about him. I'm all for Stefan Wilson, though. So if he can bring Stefan back to IndyCar, I'm I'm here for it. I did hear on another podcast that we were talking about, like, I mean, if we get more teams, we're gonna start running out of pit stalls at tracks. You talking about off track? Yeah. Didn't they talk about that last week? Yeah, but they're not wrong because we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one that's always been a concern was Toronto, but they Hinch made it seem like it was a solvable issue if they just extended the. But I don't down. think that's the case at like Road America. Oh, Road America is huge. There's plenty. I think the tracks that would well, be in trouble would be Mid Ohio, Gateway, Toronto, and maybe Iowa. Iowa would be tough. There's yeah, not a whole but lot of Road America Road America is like such a ridiculously long pit lane. So, okay, I mean, they just had a NASCAR race. Must not have race, been Road so. America, but they said another. Uh, not this particular podcast I just listened to, but previously there was another. Yeah, I think Mid Ohio is one that's always Mid Ohio. I think has twenty six. Well, we're already at twenty eight. Right, Toronto has twenty three with the current specifications, but they it sounds like Hinch and Rossi were saying they can make that bigger, which. I would take their word for it. So, but then also, why don't we just qualify for races every race? That is the excellent solution. I'm like if, here for that. Seriously, like fight your way into this race. So am I, but you know they're 
you know social media would be a cesspool for days yeah i think what they'd have to do almost is like make it just a one hour session and you can go as many times as you want or something because you can't split it up into two groups give them 20 minutes and expect guys to get clean laps when there's 14 other cars on track they're just going to be running into running over each other and stuff so it's definitely one of the biggest problems that any cars you have to solve this offseason is figuring out what to do with the qualifying on road courses right because at this point even if we do it the way that we're doing it now like you said there's still so many cars out there at once that you cannot get clean laps yeah i mean it's it was it was already a struggle with like 25 26 yeah you could do three groups you could do a group of 10 a group of 10 and a group of eight just are you mathing me right now no i mean basic math like addition <laughs> 10 plus 10 plus 8 is 28 just just in case you weren't sure i wasn't or you could do 9 and 9 and 10 i had to think about that one <laughs> i think that makes it a little more even there host so the exact quote host is from don cusick on the racer mag from marshall pruitt he said quote we want to find a team that wants to be a part of what we're doing run with them probably through 2023 then look at where the engine manufacturer situation is at if toyota's in what the new chassis is all about and then look at 2024 to maybe buy the cars and everything to start out on our own oh yeah it's like a is this guy just full of shit or does he know something did anybody talk about that on twitter and i just missed it yes um your guys's favorite think tweeted about it oh yeah that doesn't count don't know that doesn't count yeah no next but i think yeah i can try to remember uh well we talked about it on the indycar podcast to the uh with justin okay yeah caleb so anyways i guess we'll keep our eyes on that i had one this is the this is the last thing I have, by the way. If you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up or discuss, we because of trivia and just how things like worked out with timing, we uh, the anniversary of Dan Weldon's death came and left, uh, and it's been ten years now. So, Vicky, you can't uh, still, bring that uh, on me. Yeah, it's still a very raw emotion that a lot of us have and we're still very upset and sad that dan is no longer with us so we're just thinking of Susie and the family i just wanted to give a first of all a shout out and then second of all kind of an anecdotal thing so marshall pruitt did a really good two-part series on racer mag kind of like with insights in that day i know he talked to several people who were either up in that day as far as crew or drivers or personnel spoke to Townsend Bell who had some uh, very insightful comments about that day other drivers like Dario Franchitti and whatnot and then there was the one that caught my eye the most in a kind of a weird way was what Mario Andretti was quoted as saying and I don't think you'll find a person in the paddock who doesn't like Mario Andretti I think Mario Andretti is one of the greatest drivers of all time, one of the best people of all time. But I think what happened here is that Mario grew up in an era where Formula One drivers and IndyCar drivers were kind of, you know, passing away left and right because of the dangers of the sport back in the 50s, 60s, 70s and whatnot. So Randy Bernard spoke to Marshall Pruitt and said that after the accident and they got the information that Dan was not doing very well as, as he was being transported to the hospital. 
there was consideration to cancel the event and Mario pulled Bernard aside. And according to Randy's account of the situation said, Mario said, don't you dare cancel this event. Don't you dare cancel this event. We've never done it. This won't be good for the sport. Races have to go on. That's racing. Now, obviously, we know what happened, that they later announced that Dan did pass away. They did a couple laps of tribute on the track in a three-wide formation. I just read that and was kind of taken aback. So what did you guys think of Mario's alleged comments to Randy Bernard? It's hard for me to answer this because I have such a personal connection with Dan that I think if the tables were turned and it was one of his best friends, he would know what they would want the rest of the field to do. So I don't know that Mario could have spoken for that whole field. If they had asked Dario or if they had asked TK, they probably would have had a better sense of what Dan would have wanted. And then that's what we should have done. I'm going to step back from answering and just let Shannon's answer stand on that one. To answer what she said, Bernard did say, I had Dario, Kanan, Marco, and Justin come into my office and they said, quote, we do not want to race anymore. It's over. And Bernard said, fair enough. I'm not going to make you race. And so I'm 100% with Shannon. Like for me, again, I think it's just a different culture different time period kind of thing and a, I just don't know if that was the right time to kind of insert your opinion per se and I I think ultimately going with what Dario TK Marco and Justin had to say was was the right call so I think ultimately one of the angles of this article is that Randy Bernard got a lot of grief and scapegoating after this incident and it was kind of refreshing in a, in a sense to see what he had to say about the whole thing and where he was coming from because it was it was obviously a tragic day, but I think a lot of people left that day with, you know, hatred and, and whatnot for Randy Bernard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yes. Uh, but at the same time, um, I do think think that he did make the right call with regards to Mario putting in his opinion. I don't believe that that was out of disrespect. Um, I do think that, like you said, it's just a different era and um, they were so, I don't want to say used to it because nobody gets used to it, but it wasn't so few and far between that you couldn't cancel races every five races or six races, right? Yeah. Um, but this was, was a long it time. It was just so much different. It was so much different on Vegas, too, just the, and, the way that it And happened. it wasn't and, a one-car incident. You know, it was a 10-car incident. Um, and social media. And, right. Like, there was just so so many aspects to that plus I mean I'm here to tell you not a single one of those drivers if they had said we're racing I don't think any of them would have gone out there I just don't I don't think they could have I don't think that they could have emotionally pulled their shit together and raced a race that day I agree Matt anything else that's all I got well 
ladies and gentlemen, it's the Chris Griff, Chris Griffiths. I'm never going to be able to get that right this weekend. Test. Try it again. Nope, nope. And obviously the IndyCar test on Friday with the rookies. So yay for that. Look out for tons of stuff from Shannon and I this weekend. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll do something Instagram live again as long as my Instagram, the PLP Instagram works um to go live so it'll be better ims because we've got we've got wi-fi at IMS. signal yeah true <laughs> true 5g thanks. 5g <laughs> thanks roger thanks for good wi-fi if other tracks are listening please improve your wi-fi because it's a nightmare to send or to do stuff at the track in some places on that note everybody have a lovely weekend bye Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at podgo.co and let them know that we sent you there. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.